In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present among us in the most blessed sacrament, we are preparing to enter into Holy Week, this holiest week of the year. Lord, when we accompany you, uh, particularly walking through your passion, right, the, um, in Italian and maybe in Spanish, I guess my Spanish is, I think it's better than it is. But um, in these other languages, it's the, um, the Pasqua, right? Um, but Pasqua is not just um, Easter. It's, it's this whole thing, right? It's the, the, the Pasch, right? The, the Paschal mystery. Actually, that's the word that we use in English, Paschal mystery. So, Lord, we are accompanying your Paschal mystery, which is not just... Um, Holy Thursday, or just Good Friday, or just Holy Saturday and Easter. Rather, it's, it's the whole thing. It's, it's one complete action. And that this is what we are making ready to, to accompany you in. And it begins, it kicks off this weekend with Palm Sunday, otherwise known as Passion Sunday. Uh, and on this Sunday, beginning Holy Week, we, we read the Passion narrative, right? You're actually not obligated to go to any other liturgies but Sunday. And so in theory, um, we, we have to be sure that the people that only go to Sunday Mass hear the Passion because we read it. We read St. John's Passion every Good Friday. But if you only go to Sunday Mass, and that's good, right? You should go to Sunday Mass. Um, you have to hear the Passion. It's important that we, we hear it. It's the only time that the complete passion is read in the liturgy. You can use the um, certain elements from the passion in, in other masses, uh, particularly in funeral masses or uh, very kind of very specific, uh, like Our Lady of Sorrows, I think, has standing by the cross was, was Mary, that, that scene from John's Gospel. But for the most part, we don't read the passion narratives during the normal lectionary cycle. They, they hold a, a privileged place. And so it's meant to be read on Palm Sunday and on Good Friday. And so we have, we have to hear this, right? And they're, they're very long. If, um, if the priest uses the long form, which most of us do at most masses, um, that they, it's two whole chapters, basically, this weekend of Luke's, of Luke's Passion Narrative. But I think, you know, rather than going through every detail of the passion uh, here in our meditation, like this, Lord, this is not, this is enough material for, for an entire length's worth of meditations to just slowly walk through the, the beautiful scenes by which we are united. Would you redeem us? You save us, Lord Jesus. You're death, your, your, you know, betrayal 
but it all begins in the in the upper room at the Last Supper. You freely lay down your life and you freely take it up again. And the entire narrative that unfolds is a the true Passover. Brant Petrie in his very popular book, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, talks about. It's like this is a Passover, right? Um, this is this is what the the Passover in Egypt, with the liberation of the Israelites from Egypt, what that pointed to, it pointed to the true Passover. Where we are set free not from slavery to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, but set free from slavery to sin. And so therefore at the Easter Vigil, we read that crossing of the Red Sea. And I, I think it's one of the readings that like, you have to read, no matter which other ones you pick, you have to always read about the crossing of the Red Sea at the Easter Vigil, because that is, that's what's being accomplished in its fullness, Jesus, with your passion, through death and your resurrection. And then we share in that through holy baptism, that when we pass through the waters of baptism, it's just as much as the Israelites pass through the waters of the Red Sea. And there's a little detail in that, in that scene that, you know, Pharaoh and his chariots and his charioteers, they, they, follow, after, um, they follow after the Israelites into, into the sea, but they, they die, right? Um, and there's an interest. it's that, like, not a single one of them survived, right? Um, not one of them remained, right? Not a single one of them remained. And that's actually what happens to our sins in baptism. No matter how many sins we have in holy baptism, our sins are washed away. And not a single sin can remain. Like not a single sin can survive the waters of baptism. And so Jesus, we, we enter into this beautiful scene and we need to walk through this with you and, and contemplate the, the beauty of what's won for us in this time, in this, this holy week. Uh, and so we take tonight, you know, Luke's account of your, your passion. And we should meditate in a particular way. I mean, we could see a, a lot of things. Um, but just praying with the reality of, of your crucifixion. It, the, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, portrays this in a very, in a very graphic way, in a way that um, really kind of gets to the heart of the, the brutality of crucifixion. But to meditate on, on the passion of our Lord, and particularly his wounds, right? Um, in John's Gospel, when Thomas is not present with the other apostles on Easter Sunday, when the Lord appears... And they, um, they tell him, like, we saw the Lord, right? Uh, he's alive. We saw the Lord. And Thomas says, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and I place my finger into the mark of the nails and I place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And so what happens is the passion, the crucifixion in particular, becomes like the thing by which we know Jesus, Right? If we're going to know Jesus, Thomas doesn't say unless he tells me that story that I knew that one time, unless I, I just see him, unless I hear his voice. Right? Think about that. Like 
If I want to know that somebody that I love is back from the dead, I'd be like, well, I need to see that. Like, I want to recognize them. I'll know them when I see them. Or I want to, um, I want to hear their voice, right? Maybe they'll tell me that story. Like, prove it that one time, that thing that only you and I know. Tell me that story. But that's, Thomas doesn't say any of those things. It's, it's all about the crucifixion. Unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails, right? And place my finger into the mark of the nails. And place my hand in his side. I will never believe. And so Jesus, as we prepare to contemplate in a real way these upcoming days, your passion, we want to we contemplate uh, the wounds, right? All the, all the, your holy wounds by which, by which we are saved. There's a, a beautiful prayer that could be said at the end of Mass. I mean, it could be said any time. It's prayed at the end, usually, of the St. Alphonse Liguori Stations of the Cross. It's also prayed, uh, could be prayed after Mass. In the prayer books, it's in the prayers after Mass, a prayer before a crucifix. Look down upon me, O good and sweetest Jesus, while before your face I humbly kneel. I fervently pray and beg you to fix deep within my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment. With deep affection and sorrow, I contemplate your five wounds. Right? That's, that is just the beauty. That could be a, a motto for the entire life of a Christian. Right? With deep affection and sorrow, I contemplate your five wounds. I have before my eyes, O oh good Jesus, what David the prophet spoke of you, as though he were saying it, as though, as though you were saying it yourself. They have pierced my hands and my feet. They have numbered all my bones. And we could say this prayer again before, before the crucifix, but to contemplate your, your wounds, Jesus. That is to... to you were wounded out of, out of love for us. Right? That's uh, what the prophet Jeremiah tells us, right? You were wounded out of love. Out of love for, for each and every one of us. And so when we see the wounds of the passion, they're, they're signs to us of love, right? Of your overwhelming love for us. We, during Holy Week, we, we meditate upon the cross in a particular way. And the salvation that was won for us on the cross. And we shouldn't be surprised when we, when we find the cross in the midst of our life. Um, hey, there could be times that we're going along and we're just like, all right, things are going really well. Like, this is good. This is what I want. Like, everything's successful. And then something catastrophic fails, right? And it's just total failure. And we can think, like, this is, everything's gone wrong. Everything's broken. And, um, no, but in those situations, God has chosen to bless us with the cross. St. Jose Maria Escriba would regularly say, like, either God blesses us with success or he blesses us with the cross, right? So in a way, either way, we get blessed, Right? Either everything we want to do, although all of our apostolic works could be very successful, and that, that could be good, and there could be fruit in that. Or Jesus blesses us with the cross, and 
we have failure. And things don't go the way we want. And they're difficult. And we struggle. In one of his most beautiful homilies or meditations, at the end of his little book, Friends with God, this, this one, Toward Holiness. Um, it's a beautiful meditation on, on Christian life and on, on prayer and uh, getting just, you know, growing in, in love of God toward holiness. St. Jose Maria writes, But do not forget that being with Jesus means that we shall most certainly come upon his cross. When we abandon ourselves into God's hands, we, he frequently permits us to taste sorrow, loneliness, opposition, slander, defamation, ridicule, coming both from within and from outside. And this is because he wants to mold us into his own image and likeness. He even tolerates that we be called lunatics and taken for fools, right? That is, that's the cross with which Jesus blesses us. Um, and it is, it's just terrible. Um, it could be a, a, a real affliction. It can be something that, that even just like within and without, right? So people outside in the world who don't know the church, they can, they can treat us this way. But also people in the church, right, can treat us at times this way. Um, and that this is, this is all the more difficult when even within the church, we, and among maybe our friends and the people that we should be co-workers in apostolate, right, those who, with whom we work, to bring people to our Lord. Even they kind of turn against us, and even they reject us. And um, there's a, here, it, um, they look upon him, right, the one who's a follower of Christ. They look upon the follower of Christ with misgiving, as if he were a liar, because they don't believe it's possible to have, a person, to have personal dealings with God and interior life. And all the while, with atheists and those who are indifferent to God, they behave in the most amicable and understanding manner, right? So many people that should be working with us in trying to build up the kingdom treat us, their brothers and sisters, in this, in this terrible way, um, but they treat others, even those opposed to the faith. Oh, it's like their best friends, right? Those are the people that they want their, their opinion. Well, what does St. Jose Maria tell us to do in this time? When we really come to admire and to love the most sacred humanity of Jesus, we'll discover each of his wounds, one by one. When we undergo periods of passive purification that we find painful and hard to bear, right? Passive purification, those, those sufferings that we don't choose, right? Sometimes we could choose the suffering, like, okay, I'm going to give this up. Lent is a good time for that active purification. I'm going to actively choose this. But oft, more often we find that during Lent, the passive purifications, the stuff we didn't choose, that's what bears the most fruit. When we undergo periods of passive purification that we find painful and hard to bear, periods when we shed sweet and bitter tears, which we do, not, which we do our best to hide, we feel the need to enter into each one of his most holy wounds, to be purified and strengthened, rejoicing in his redeeming blood, we will go there like the doves, which, in the words of Scripture, 
find shelter from the storm in the crevices of the rocks. We hide in this refuge to find the intimacy of Christ, right? We find the intimacy of Christ by hiding in his wounds. And when things are are getting difficult and when we struggle and when there's opposition and the cross or, or just when from our own weakness we fall down, right? During the stations of the cross, we pray with the three different falls of Christ, right? He falls down, he gets back up again. He falls down, Jesus is exhausted, right? He's, he's just so exhausted. He falls again and again and again. But he gets back up. But when we just feel ourselves maybe exhausted and we fall down and we're overcome, St. Rosemary tells us to, to hide in the wounds of Christ. I, I'm just going to put myself right there. I'm going to put myself right in, in your wounds, hiding in, as in the, the crevice of a rock. And that's where I'm going to be, Jesus. It's right there, hiding in your wounds. When we pray the, the Anima Christi, that beautiful song that we often sing here after communion, um, we pray, I mean, the line, I think it's the beginning of the, the second verse, right? Um, or the end uh, of the second verse, right? Passio Christi conforta me, o boni Jesu exaudi me, intra vulnera tua absconde me. In your wounds, hide me. Right? Every time we pray that. Um, and actually, when I'm usually when we're singing it here in the church, I'm standing at the altar, and so I'm able to look at the cross, right? To look at the cross right there on the altar and to see, like, you know, Jesus' right hand or his left hand right there on the cross. Jesus, intra vulnera tua absconde me. Hide me. Hide me in, in your wounds. How, how much safer could we be, right? Where is there a safer place in the entirety of everything, not just creation, but everywhere, than the wounds, it being in the wounds of Jesus? There, not, not just held in his hand, but in his right hand or his left hand, in his side, in his, the wounds on his feet. Jesus, hide me. Hide me in your wounds. I, there's so much going on. And what do you find there? You find the blood of our Lord, right? From the beating of his sacred heart or the blood of our Lord poured out for us. Every time we, we're tempted to, to give up or to despair or to, like, Jesus, you're, you shed your blood for me. Like you gave me your blood. We pray in the, in the Adorate Devote. Um, when, we, when we sing that, again, usually on, on Thursdays. Um, but, Pie Pelicane Jesu Domine. Um, okay, I should actually just look it up because. But, um, Pie Pelicane Jesu Domine, me mundum mundum tuo sanguine, cuius una stila salvum facere, totum mundum quitab omni shellere. Lord Jesus, good pelican, right? The pelican that, that pierces its own breast to feed its children with blood. That's why you see the image of pelicans um, oftentimes in church. Pie pelicane, good pelican, Lord Jesus. Wash me clean, with your blood. Me mundum munda, right? Clean my uncleanliness with your blood. Which, 
una stila salvum facere. One drop is enough to do this. Cuius una stila, just one drop, is enough to do this. One drop of your precious blood, Lord, is enough to, to clean me of my uncleanliness. The entire world, uh, one, one drop is, is enough not just to clean me, but one drop is enough to clean the entire world of every single sin. Right? Think about that. One little drop of the blood of our Lord Jesus is more than enough to cleanse the entire world from all of its sin. And so how safe am I, Jesus, in your wounds? How safe am I in resting there in you, of being close to you, being comforted by you? No matter what's happening, we, we can turn to you. Um, Jesus, we want to keep you company this Holy Week. On Holy Thursday, after the Last Supper, we hear, we'll hear in the, this Sunday, about Jesus going to the, the garden, right? The garden, the Mount of Olives, to pray. And telling, telling the, his uh, apostles, pray. Pray that you may not enter into temptation, Right? And praying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, right, his human will, but yours, the divine will, be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Right, Jesus sweats blood, being in such agony, maybe seeing the totality of sin that he himself was to redeem, right, and he's God. He has the power to do it. But he's also 100% man. And that crushing burden of, of sin causes our Lord to, to sweat blood as he's preparing to enter into this contest and overthrow the tyranny of the devil and to redeem all, every single one of our sins. Right? Think, in the garden, you, Jesus, you saw every one of my sins. You know everything, everything in all time, in all space. And so you saw every single sin that you would redeem individually, right? And even those that we haven't committed yet, right? You, you know outside of time everything that you would redeem. And you saw those. And just think, I mean, what sorrow for sin we should have, our own personal sin. Because whatever they are, Jesus sees them in the garden, Right? Personally, he sees all those sins with, which he would redeem. But Jesus doesn't only see our, the sorrow for our sins. We actually believe, Lord, that you, you see the consolation. Right? It's not just the angel consoling you, but again, you would see as we keep you company. We're going to have the opportunity on Holy Thursday night to keep our Lord company in um, at the altar of repose. And there's a tradition, you go visit seven churches if you're able to. I don't know if there's going to be seven different churches we can get to. Um, but to keep our Lord company, right? Just to be there and to be with him. And Jesus, we console you, right? And so on that Holy Thursday night, as we, as we sit with you, present in the Blessed Sacrament, we are consoling you for, um, 
in your passion. And you see those prayers, right? You see us keeping you company and being there with you. And so that's what we do even here, right here. Anytime we're before you, I mean, anytime at all, but particularly in, in hours spent in your presence in the Blessed Sacrament, Lord, we keep you company, right? And you see it. Um, you see this from the garden. These are these hours of, of reparation, right? There's so many sins that Jesus sees. And so what does it mean to offer our reparation? What it means is, Jesus, I'm going to offer you my love. And that's what we're going to do this Holy Week, right? Jesus, I'm offering you my love. You see the way I, I attentively pay attention to your passion. Everybody runs away. Spoiler warning. Everybody runs away, right? Uh, the, the women, a lot of these women stay, some of them. But most ever, all the apostles run away. John has the good sense to come back. Peter denies you. Um, Judas betrays you. Pilate and Herod, um, the Herod mocks you. Pilate just totally washes his hands of his duty of civil justice. And you are uh, scorned and mocked and uh, reviled. But Jesus, you see that this Holy Week, I stay with you. And I'm paying attention. And so maybe the apostles, they left. But you would actually see me there. You would see me accompanying you, right? Spiritually. And so as, we, as we're here in your presence, Lord Jesus, you see that. And we're able to keep you company in all of these things, right? From the cross, all of your friends may have abandoned you there that day. But spiritually, we keep you company right here, right here in your presence, Lord. That, that's what we do in these hours of prayer. And so we should pray. We should stick, stick close to the passion, right? If the only thing we read of any book for the next week is the accounts of the passion, right? From those few chapters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Or just Luke and John, right? Because that's where we are this year. If that's the only thing we were to read between now and Easter, that would be worth it just to be there, to not forget, to not get distracted, to not be sidetracked, but Jesus to be with you. We're entering into this holiest week of the year. Um, the Friday, I said this in the homily for Mass today, but the Friday before Holy Week is, is Holy Mary and Passion Tide, or, right? It's, it's, we commemorate Our Lady on this Friday before Lent as kind of a reminder to, to stick with our mother, right? She'll help us stay faithful. She'll point out the things we should be watching. She knows that refuge that we should take in your wounds. Um, so Jesus, we ask our mother, um, Mary, pray for us, right? Help us to enter well into Holy Week uh, and so we can fully enter into the passion of death and resurrection of your son for our salvation. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.